podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Evening, everyone. Welcome to the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. I'm Harry Robinson. I'm walking along a... It's a beautiful day. It's a lovely sunset in Manchester. And I'm walking towards Old Trafford in the direction of a, a lovely sunrise. Sunset, sorry. I'm just walking past... Um, <laughs> Pomona tram station which is just above me to my right and I'm walking along the Bridgewater Canal which is reflecting this kind of 5.30pm 6pm sunset beautifully and the sunsets in the direction I'm walking if I turn behind me I can see Deansgate and the skyscrapers of Castlefield and above them is a beautiful full moon it's a, it's a honestly it's a lovely evening and this is a lovely walk I had planned to get the bus to Old Trafford tonight, but I was in town and early, and so I thought, why not? Um, and it's been lovely. Anyway, enough about uh, my walk. Off to United, yeah, for the first time since, well, the last time I came to Old Trafford was for, uh, was it Manchester United's last... European game at home it could well have been my memory's slipping there but for RB Leipzig at home the Champions League and that night Marcus Rashford saw off what were then Germany's informed team top of the Bundesliga at the time well a Marcus Rashford hat-trick saw them off in some style United won 5-0 Mason Greenwood and Anthony Martial got the other two goals I think Greenwood the first and Martial sandwiched in between Rashford's. And tonight, Thursday, the 25th of February, I believe. I could be wrong on that front. 2021, and Marcus Rashford is celebrating his fifth year anniversary as a Manchester United player five years ago today. At about this time, Rashford will have been arriving at Old Trafford in Manchester United's team coach. He'd been called up to the squad due to injuries all over the team to not only United's first team players, but also to James Wilson and Ashley Fletcher. And Will Keane was out on loan. And in that environment, Marcus Rashford stepped up when Anthony Martial suffered a warm-up injury and in came Rashford and, well... It's a cliche, but the rest is history. I'm just watching the, what do you call them? The pillars of metal that protrude from the crown of Old Trafford are just coming into view against the sunset. I've got the tram on my right, the train on my left, the motorway a bit further to my left, and the canal on my right as well. Just walking over Throstle Nets Bridge. And yeah, five years for Rashford. And... This was a a slender kid from Withenshaw who wasn't meant to play, but he impressed in training and then he really impressed in the game. And I was watching back the game the other day and it's funny, I'm just going to stop to take a photo because this canal is beautiful. It's reflecting the moon now I've turned around. But yeah, he. I was watching the game back the other day and remembered that... Manchester United went behind in that game to FC Midgeyland 
the Norwegian minnows. And yeah, and United did get themselves back in. Rashford scored twice and four days later on the Sunday, he was scoring twice again against Arsenal. I think that's one of the great weeks of the post-Fergie era. Not because the, I mean, the victories were good. 5-1 against Midtjylland, but United soon went out of the competition. 3-2 against Arsenal, yeah, brilliant. But United did poorly in the league that year. But that week, watching this skinny, lanky kid, this Mancunian, scored two doubles, a double-double, as Martin Tyler said in the commentary against Arsenal. It was just unbeatable. And I think, and this gives a nice segue into tonight's chat, but that is one of the great feelings of being a football fan and a Manchester United fan. And it applies to every team, but given the history of Manchester United, I'm not going to say more than any other team, but certainly applies a great deal that watching an academy player come into I'm just running across the road sorry but watching an academy player come into your team and do well is up there with the very best of, of football feelings and we saw that last week against Real Sociedad not an academy player there'll be a bit of car noise for a second I'm afraid not an academy player but Ahmad Diallo made his debut against Real Sociedad in Turin, Italy, and then against Newcastle United at Old Trafford. Only last Sunday, Shola Shoratire made his debut off the bench. And those two players are very talented ones. And I'm hoping I'll get the chance to watch them in the flesh tonight. And I'm hoping that Solskjaer feels it's the right time to give them an opportunity, whether that's from the start or from the bench. And the other player of interest for me tonight is Ethan Galbraith, a 19-year-old Northern Irish midfielder who's played a couple of times for Northern Ireland now. He's one of the few Manchester United players from the club's academy to represent his country at a senior level before he did so for United. I'm just walking past Victoria Warehouse where now hosts um, big events like the Warehouse Project. I came here for a night out once about 18 months ago and left in the early hours of the morning and looked around to my left and saw the Theatre of Dreams. And well, that was a, that was a nice feeling. But yeah, it could be a great night. 19-year-old Ethan Galbraith, a really technically gifted and talented midfielder. He's got this balance of confidence, technique, vision. He, he plays in that, that uh, pivot role at the, not quite at the base of midfield. He can play at the base of midfield. But he's one of those midfielders who, you know, just loves being on the ball. He loves getting a touch of the ball, looking up and trying to find that perfect pass. And to be honest, out of all the midfielders in the United squad, I'd probably say he's most similar to Paul Pogba and He's not as tall as Pogba and he's not as strong as Pogba. But he's got that, you know, that ability 
It's quite a unique proper trait to, to chest the ball down, take a touch on your knee, touch with your shoulder, touch on your chest, and then lift it above the opponent's head. Well, Galbraith has a bit of that about him. He's a player I really like. And United signed him in 2017. He'd been over for trials before that at under-15s level. But he came over from Northern Ireland in 2017. He signed his contract in the corridors of Old Trafford alongside Nicky Butt and Ryan Giggs. And he's excelled, actually. The Northern Ireland coaches... I didn't mean to say that in a Northern Irish accent. The Northern Ireland coaches have often spoken about how Ethan Galbraith is like a sponge. He takes in everything you tell him. He listens, he learns. I think United's coaches can agree with that. But he, when he first came into the team, or into the, the club really, he was obviously behind the what was then and still is, although they're now gone their separate ways temporarily. But the long-term partnership of James Garner, a Merseyside ball midfielder, and Dylan Levitt, a Welsh midfielder from North Wales. And they played from the age of eight together and have, have always had a great partnership and have complemented each other's games. I'm just stopping to take a picture of Old Trafford. It's been a while since I was here. And I'm sure you can understand that it's very nice to be back. I'm very fortunate to be here tonight, reporting for Vavil and for you. Sorry for the car noise. It'll be here for a couple of minutes and then I'll wrap things up and go into the ground. But yeah, Galbraith did really well to come through and get past James Garner and Dylan Levitt. And he's been helped this season by their departures, to be fair. Garner initially went to Watford, Levitt to Charlton. Both of those loan moves were then cancelled in January and Garner headed to Nottingham Forest where he's having a great time under Chris Hewton. Brilliant move for that him, way better than Watford. And Dylan Levitt has gone to NK Istra in Croatia. Interesting move. And we'll see how that works out. I don't think he's yet made his debut, but I think he's coming very soon. And Galbraith has come into the under-23s and... Certainly up until Christmas was their best player alongside Arnold Pujmal. Since Christmas, I think Hannibal and Shola Shrotere have come into their own a bit. Galbraith has had to fill in at centre-back behind a midfield, which he would really like to be in. Uh, due to injuries, Will Fish, Ted and Mengi handed out on loan to Derby County. Will Fish injured and United or left with a very makeshift centre-back line in which Galbraith played. And to be honest, he struggled. He gave away the ball too much. His positioning wasn't always there. He got played through too many times. He had some really good moments, but he's not a centre-back. He knows that. United's coaches know that, and it's not a bad thing to say. And it's not a criticism of him. It's just not his position and not his game. But he, he came back into midfield against Arsenal. United won 3-0. And then again against Everton. United lost that one, but Galbraith was uh, the best player for United. And he's a lovely midfielder. He plays balls between the lines. He plays Hollywood balls over the top, diagonal balls. The kind of diagonal balls that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer loves United to play with Greenwood or Rashford's running off the shoulder of the defence and one of the midfielders pinging that pass over. Now, I don't know if he's going to start tonight. By the time you listen to this, you'll know whether he started or not, but I thought I'd give you a bit of an idea of the kind of play Ethan Galbraith is. As I say, he's got that 
brilliant harmony between confidence, technique, and vision. Got to wrap things up. I'm walking. I've had to walk past Old Trafford, quite a long way past. And I hope my, imagine I might be heavy breathing slightly. I hope that's not, I don't want to say turn off, but I am. And then I go into a bridge next to Wharfside Way. I think it's the John Gilbert Way Bridge or something. But yeah, I'll be speaking to you today. I'm going to wrap things up for non-patrons here. Thanks for listening. If you, this episode is recorded for and supported by the Manchester United Weekly Podcast patrons. If you want to listen to the rest, where well, I'll be talking inside Old Trafford, reviewing the game, talking during the game, giving some insight into what the coaches are saying to the players, what the players are saying to each other. And then after talking to my co-host, Jack Tate, if you want to hear that, go to our Twitter at UTD Weekly Pod. That's POD at the end there and sign up and become a patron. There'll be a link on the Twitter. It's about, you can do it for two, three, five, 10, 15, 20 pounds a month, whatever. Tickles your fancy, floats your boat. So I'll wrap things up there. Thank you for listening. Um, enjoy the game. Well, you would have enjoyed the game already. Um, I hope you enjoyed the game. I hope United have gone through. It's a problem with talking pre-match. And I'll see you soon. Patrons, you're going to get some more from inside and from outside after the game. So I'll speak to you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.